Welcome, everybody, to the Pittsburgh Oddcast. My name is Andrew Lindbergh. I'm the producer of the program, and with me, as always, is Mr. Odd, John Chalkowski. Hello, everybody. This week, we have a pretty interesting Oddcast for you. Andy, what do you know about the names of Pittsburgh? Like where Pittsburgh, the name came from? I know that's William Pitt. Right, um, okay. Yeah. But uh, Who's, uh, how was the Oakland name? Oak Trees. Who is uh, Belts Hoover? I don't know. Right. Hazelwood? Who? Who? Hazel who? Mr. Hazelwood? Right. Yeah, so who who are all of these places in Allegheny County named after? Like, how do they get their names? Like, isn't that a cool job? Like, I wish my job was to sit there and just come up with names for places. And, uh, you know, it's funny. If you look back into when people first got the land here in Allegheny County, and well, all over western Pennsylvania, they would name their farms some kind of unique name. A uh, prime example is one up in Allison Park, kind of where the Depreciation Lands Museum is. That area was all originally called Tally Cavey. So uh, not named after anybody or anything, but some guy who owned the farm there decided to call it that. You have a lot of weird cases like that, and sometimes those names stuck, and that's how we get their names. Uh, other times, it's some of them are brand new. Some of them came up in the 1950s, 1970s. You know, let's change the name to this. How these places get their name is a super interesting story. So, yeah, we'll start back with Pittsburgh. Who was William Pitt? I don't. Yeah, an English guy. Not many people do. Yeah, not many people do. Uh, it's okay if you don't. He was uh, the Earl of Chatham, okay, which is how Chatham University gets his name, uh, from his nobility, his title that he received from the King of England. He received that in 1766. So this was soon after the uh, French-Indian War, War was already over, and he was a uh, a man in, in England who decided to be, he was in charge of all the troops here in, in America, you know, for the British interests in America. He never stepped foot in America. And he was later voted the prime minister of Great Britain. So he was like the highest you could go. Uh, his son, William Pitt Jr., was also the prime minister of, of England. When John Forbes was here, and he was, led the last expedition kind of to capture the forks of the Ohio. So it was all Fort Duquesne, Duquesne being named after the governor of New France, which was Canada. They called Canada New France. Michelangelo Duquesne was the man who they named Duquesne after. Okay, so everything in Pittsburgh named Duquesne is named after Michelangelo. Well, this Michelangelo, he never set foot in Pittsburgh. No, no, no. He was well aware of what was going on here in Pittsburgh. Everybody was across the country because the the early times, the forks of the Ohio, those three rivers where they meet, was such an important trade route for North America. Remember, people just kind of settled on the coast you know, the East Coast, and then you had people up in Canada who were just coming down to, like, the Great Lakes and not really going down any further. Everything else below was disputed territory. They remained that for, for a good time, uh, ever since people knew that North America was here. People were trying to claim the land, even though it was already claimed, of course, by the Native Americans. Yeah. They called this place Dion Dega, which actually translates loosely to the confluence of three rivers. So that's the name that actually makes the most logical sense yeah, if three, you're going to go. Three Rivers. Yeah. Another thing that you hear nicknames for uh, Pittsburgh, the Golden Triangle, is because uh, the, how it was laid out, the actual plan of Pittsburgh is in the shape of a triangle. The original downtown central business district is a triangle. So now you start getting into some of the uh, the other ones, like Pennsylvania, right? Who's Pennsylvania named after? William Penn. That's right, William Penn. Good. All right. Um, was he ever? Did he ever step foot? No. And he was also lived in England, okay? Sylvania means woods. Penn's Woods. Yeah. It was Penn's Woods, yeah. And his uh, he was long gone by the time that 
William, you know, they they named this place after William Pitt. Oh, so you didn't even know William Penn. Yeah, his uh, it was actually his grandsons, Thomas Penn and Thomas Penn Jr. Right, both uh, they were cousins, so they weren't uh, like father and son. But Thomas Penn and Thomas Penn Jr. were the ones who actually granted the land here to uh, to become an actual American you know, after the the Revolutionary War. Uh, gave this land to be settled and be bought and purchased. They made a deal after the Revolutionary War that any land that British people held here and uh, would still, if it was a manor, it could still be considered a uh, yours, and you had the rights to it still and could sell it off. So they, they let them do that. Um, but, yeah, that's how Pennsylvania got its name. So um, you got other big names like Heinz and Frick and Mellon, right, and those are all, you know, named after the famous people, right? Um but now, where we're going to get into is some of the streets. So all the streets in Pittsburgh were named something different, just about all, not all of them, but most of them. So the numbered streets, when I say numbered, I mean 3rd, 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th, ninth, and 10th were all called that at one time or another since the very beginning. Other streets over there, the very, very beginning, Smithfield Street, named after Devereux Smith, who was a soldier at Fort Pitt. You had uh, St. Clair Street, Hand Street, Wayne Street, uh, Water Street, Front Street, Diamond Avenue, Short Street, Water Street, uh, Blockhouse Way, Strawberry Way, um, Chancery Lane. These were all original names of the streets, okay? And uh, they were all named for a purpose, all named because uh, I'll give you a prime example, St. Clair. Who was St. Clair Street named after? So now St. Clair became 6th Street, and now is the Roberto Clemente Bridge. It's still, you know, 6th Avenue now. So it's it changed a lot. All these streets changed. But the interesting one to really bring the note is that particular street, St. Clair. Upper St. Clair and Lower St. Clair and all the St. Clairs are all named after the same guy. His name was Arthur St. Clair. Arthur St. Clair was the 7th President of the United States. <laughs> I'm sorry? Yeah, the seventh president of the United States. I, so, don't, I don't know that one. Yeah, well, not many people do. Did you know that there was over 10 other presidents before George Washington? I did have an idea. I know I've heard things. Yeah, there was others. So, including the Benjamin Franklin was one of them. John Hancock was another one. And this guy named Arthur St. Clair. So, Arthur St. Clair had a, uh, he, he was like kind of like a, he did multiple things. Uh, one of the things that he did was was in control of this prison out in Westmoreland County called uh, Hannestown. And uh, he was in control of that and also joined up with the revolution once it broke out and worked his way up to becoming the major general, which is the highest rank you can get in the Revolutionary War, and uh, became George Washington's right-hand man. He was there at the uh, crossing of the Delaware and, and all those other famous you know fights and battles. However... There was one battle that he was going to bring his men into, and it was he was becoming so overwhelmed with troops, he had to retreat. And because of that retreat, he was considered a coward. And was even court-martialed for abandoning the mission and uh, lived the rest of his life. Still as a good confidant of George Washington, but in relative obscurity out in Westmoreland County. And uh, he, he later died, and he's buried right at the Greensburg Courthouse. That's where his grave is still there. Uh, but he was a very, very important man in, in early American history that's kind of disappeared. And that's the threat you have when you change the name of a street or you, you change it to whatever you might be. Like uh, 
someday, you know, Rachel Carson Bridge, right? The, the Andy Warhol Bridge, Roberto Clemente. We name these things after people because we want them to remember those people. They were already named after people. And you're supposed to remember those people too. So everyone forgot. So uh, one of the cool things about learning into the history is that each and every single street and alleyway and, and lane and everything, all all of them tell some kind of story, whether it's about what it looked like there at the time, you know, like some kind of tree that they're naming the place after or the flowers or something. Liberty Avenue is a prime example. Liberty is a British term for grazing land. So Liberty Avenue literally was the road that you led you to the grazing land. So it didn't have anything to do with the American Revolution or liberty Nothing. and freedom? Nothing at all. Yeah. Well, let's go through a few of these major yeah. ones, like Grant Street. I think everybody assumes it's Ulysses S. Grant. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Grant Street is not Ulysses S. Grant, except it's a uh, much more controversial figure named um, James Grant. So James Grant was the lard of Ballandock. The lard? The lard. <laughs> and if you see a depiction of this guy in your, your history book... Um, the name might fit the title. <laughs> so anyways, uh, he uh, was notoriously a kind of a hot-headed, you know, guy in the military. Drunk. Who, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just guessing. <laughs> right. And uh, he was marching with John Forbes, who was coming all the way from Philadelphia and carving this road out of the, the wilderness, which they later called Forbes Road, carving that straight into Pittsburgh. So everyone already knew that Braddock, okay, another general uh, who that Braddock is named after, he uh, had this massive defeat here and was brutally, oh, I mean, the, the people were half massacred, you know, his, his soldiers. In that regiment, uh, the same people that came with that Braddock were uh, George Washington, Daniel Boone, uh, some other big names in early American history. Were John Chapman, better known as Johnny Appleseed, he was there as a soldier. Horrible defeat. They were kind of hesitant to come here again and see, they, they just kind of almost gave up because they were so hostile here in Pittsburgh. That you 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 might not ever take Fort Duquesne, so they're all coming from Philadelphia now. Okay, a big group of people now uh, with John Forbes leading that expedition. Major James Grant is in that expedition, gets tired of how long it's taking, and decides to go rogue, and grabs like 200, 300 of his men, and takes up ahead of everybody and tries to get to Pittsburgh first, thinking it would be a kind of a cool idea to ambush and uh, the the Native Americans and the French who were living around here. They decided to go up this big hill. So downtown Pittsburgh was all, there were swamps downtown and strange hillsides. And, and right in the middle where the courthouse is today was a, a large hill, hundreds of feet tall. And uh, it, in fact, that the hill didn't go away until like much, much later. But up there, he decided to kind of camp out the night. And uh, he was kind of bold, right? He was from Scotland. Most of these early people were from Scotland. Kilt and all, bagpipes, right? The works, you know? And uh, they decided to start beating the drums and blowing bagpipes up in downtown Pittsburgh, kind of like announcing their arrival, that they were going to come and attack and kill everybody. Before they knew it, they were completely surrounded by Native Americans and, and killed and ambushed again. It was the worst defeat, one of the, one of the worst defeats in the French and Indian War. Uh, James Grant was captured, held prisoner at Fort Duquesne. Uh, he was later sent to another place and held prisoner there for close to a year. Later, after he was released and things calmed down, he uh, fully supported the British during the American Revolutionary War. Oh, wow. Yeah, and and started forming people in Virginia and other places that were still kind of loyal to the crown to fight against the, the people who were already here, you know, Americans or people, because everybody was British. So now 
some people still believed that it was an okay idea to be ruled by a king. Other people didn't. And it was brother against brother. So, yeah, we named the street after him. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's, that, that's that's interesting to see, like, that it's not the grant that you knew, but it's actually even more fascinating story than... And localized. Right. And, and it's extremely hyper-local. Well, let's... You mentioned Forbes yeah. in that story. Why don't we... Yeah. Uh, talk about him for just a yeah. So John Forbes minute. is a uh, he 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 was a young man right and was traveling here you know through Western Pennsylvania, uh, building this road you know with a lot of men. And by the time he got here to Pittsburgh, he was so under the weather and frail from just traveling for so long. He got sick along the way and it was near death. Um, when he finally arrived here in November of 1758, so they sent some scouts out ahead and and they saw that the French abandoned Fort Duquesne and blew it up and burned it down to the ground. Like all the magazines that were left around and all the weapons, so they just blew it up uh, on purpose. So that the, they, they knew, they heard already that there were so many people coming here now uh, from you know the, the, the British Army that there's no way they're going to be able to survive, so they abandoned it and they left. Within days, actually. It's, it's just a matter of days before they, uh, they arrived here and saw the little smoldering ruins of Fort Duquesne where John Forbes famously in a, in a letter writing back to England on November 25th, asks if he can name this area Pittsborough after William Pitt. Um, so Pittsborough being the real, real, the real name, Borough, right? B-O-U-R-G-H. Scottish. Scottish, right. And uh, like Edinburgh. Uh, pronounced, supposed to be pronounced that way. However, it uh, slowly became Berg, you know, just from people living here. And German influence started coming in too, where they pronounced things Berg that's spelled that way. And it, uh, however, we're still the only Pittsburgh that ends in an eight, or only Berg or Borough that ends with an H officially in the United States, the only major city. Um, everything else ends in a hard G. So that's kind of cool, you know, to think about. But then uh, John Forbes later, within two months, passed away uh, from that sickness and, and uh, never returned back to Pittsburgh. So, uh, but now let's start getting into some of like the neighborhoods, right? So, like, you know, Allentown. Uh, well, who's this Allen? That can, he can name his whole town after himself, right? That was Joseph Allen, right? He was just a local butcher, uh, and he bought 124 acres, and he just called the place Allentown. So it's that simple. Banksville is originally known as The Experiment. That's what that town was known as. Uh, a guy named Andrew Carnahan laid out Banksville and named it after his wife's family, Eliza Banks. Hmm. Yeah, so uh, Beachview. Right, where's the beach? <laughs> so, uh, uh, what 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 view are you getting? Right, so uh, that was just simply named after the beech trees that once were littered that area. <laughs> Beltshoover was there a guy? It was Malachi Beltshoover who named that. Right, and he purchased the land. Part of the purchase became the, the neighborhood of what we call Beltshoover now. Bloomfield had to do with blooming flowers, just like you'd think it would. Right, uh, Brighton Heights. So. It was a common thing back then to kind of name areas after places in England. So Brighton Heights, that's how it gets its name, after Brighton, England. Right. Uh, also Manchester, Birmingham, Soho. Those are all English neighborhoods that we adopted their names. That's all they all got their names. Um, sometimes you want to make a place sound fancier than it even is. Uh, Brookline is a prime example 
like that. So that, that was named in 1905 by a real estate company who had, there was a wealthy Boston suburb called Brookline, Massachusetts. And so he named that area here in Pittsburgh, Brookline. <laughs> That's it. That's the name of the story. Um, Carrick. So Carrick is, uh, was actually just named by a guy named Dr. John O'Brien. Right. And he named that after his hometown in Ireland called Carrick on Soar, Ireland. Yeah. So, uh, had nothing to do with a person named Carrick or like John Carrick or whatever. It was just named after a city. Um, Crafton Heights, right? Crafton's named after Charles Kraft, who was the guy who owned the land. Carnegie, of course, named after Andrew Carnegie. Not really much uh, else to know. Yeah. I don't need to go into that. So East Liberty was named after the East Liberty Valley Farm, okay, which once stood in that area, and that was owned by the Negley family. A guy named Jacob Negley. Liberty meaning, again, the grazing lands. But not only did they have a East Liberty at the time, but they had a West Liberty, a North Liberty, and a South Liberty. Mm. You know, all four liberties, but now we're just stuck with you know, East Liberty. And so Negley, yeah. that's a street. That's there. right. Elliot, named after, also, you know, West Elliot, was named after the son of Daniel Elliot, who owned, again, just owned the land there. Fineview is kind of a cool one. So Fineview is kind of self-explanatory. You know, you go up atop the hill, there's a fine view. Yeah. <laughs> right? So, but that place used to be called Mount Alvernio, and it was a religious boarding school that once stood up there, right, with Flemish nuns of the Order of the St. Clair. So that place closed down by 1835, and the people just forgot what the place was called after a while, so they called it Nunnery Hill. And uh, it was stayed Nunnery Hill for a long, a long time, uh, but eventually they changed it to Fine View. Same thing with areas like Friendship, right? So sometimes you name the whole area after your house. Like you, you had a big house, like a real big house. You usually gave it a name like you gave a car, right, like Sally or something yeah. <laughs> or whatever. Um so uh, Friendship was a prime example. That was by uh, the, the Weinbittle family, right? Casper Weinbittle, who That's... Weinbittle Street's named after. He had a mansion that was near there that he called Friendship, and that whole area is now called Friendship because of that. Garfield? I was just about to ask, how about Garfield? That's uh, the cat, right? Yeah, of course, yeah. Where's Odie Street? <laughs> so the um, John, Nermal, John, John Avenue. <laughs> Nermal Boulevard. <laughs> yeah. Garfield, the guy who bought that area, that bought the track of land from wine bittles because they own all that land too at one time uh, i was right next door he uh happened to buy it on the day that james garfield was assassinated the president so and it is named after they named it after the president yeah garfield glenn hazel there was a glenwood and a hazelwood right well it still is a hazelwood right, right yeah and they combined the two and just called it glenn hazel so pretty simple hazelwood named after the hazelwood trees that once stood by there same thing as like with the Obvious, like uh, Greenfield, you know, named after a Greenfield, literally. However, Green Tree was named after a tavern. Somewhere in Green Tree, there was a, like a popular tavern they called the Green Tree Tavern. And this whole area surrounding it was just called Green Tree after that. A real popular bar, I guess. Homewood, right? Homewood named after, again, another mansion. This time owned by Judge William Wilkins, who Wilkinsburg is named after. Wilkins Township. Wilkins Township, correct. Knoxville, named after Reverend Jeremiah Knox, the man who just happened to get that farm. Lawrenceville, none other than Stephen Foster's dad, William Foster. He was uh, in the military, reached a pretty high rank, and was able to convince the U.S. government to build the the arsenal here in 1812. Okay, and uh, he's the one who kind of laid out some of that land that was around there as well. 
after he uh, named it, he honored it after another prominent captain who was in the War of 1812 called Captain James Lawrence. That's how they got their name. There's Arsenal Cider House down there. Yeah, um, yeah. Arsenal yeah. Lanes. Yeah, Arsenal Lanes. Oh, what a great place. Oh, it, it sure is, yeah. Mount Washington, named after Joe Washington. Named after Joe Washington? No. Oh. <laughs> That's like George Washington. I got to throw one of them in there. Oakland was originally called the Third Church Colony. That was its name. That was its name. On a map, you see a place that's called Third Church Colony, made by members of the Third Presbyterian Church. They were basically the only people that lived around in Oakland. You know, commune, colony thing uh, appearing there. And uh, this guy, a prominent guy named William Eichbaum, changes the name and like buys most of the land, and they call it Oakland after him. Some believe that he just called it Oakland because of the oak trees. The other thing is the last name Eichbaum in German means oak tree. Oh. Yeah. So uh, I thought that was interesting. How about Squirrel Hill? Squirrel Hill was named after a proper place for Native Americans and others to find squirrels for dinner. <laughs> so uh, now, you know, it's not just Squirrel Hill. There are many, many hills within Squirrel Hill. So technically, it could be like the Squirrel Hills. Um, but the highest point is 1,200 feet, and that's on Beacon Street, in case you ever wondered. Um. Perry Hilltop, or just Perry, Perrysville Avenue, right? Who's Perry, right? And everything you see named Perry, all the way up to Lake Erie, right, is all named after one guy, a Commodore Oliver Hazard Perry. He was uh, uh, responsible for the thing they call the Battle of Lake Erie. He has his own beer. He does, and he has his own, uh, mon- yep, and his own monument there up in Prescott Isle, which there was another fort, like Fort Duquesne. There was one up there as well. Fort Prescott Isle, right? Yeah. And uh, he was in charge of, like, this this massive attack that happened right on Lake Erie, where they kind of, like, went out the, the lake and turned around, and the other side were, were British and French troops. It's crazy. <laughs> so they, uh, but they named all that after him. Uh, Regent Square, right? Again, William Wilkins, uh, that judge, uh, he had a lot to do with a lot of early naming things here in Pittsburgh and uh, being one of the early landowners. In fact, I even have a deed from, like, 1820-something that's signed by William Wilkins, which is kind of cool. Um but he just called that place Regent because he thought it sounded fancy. There you go. Huh. <laughs> so, yeah, some things are pretty pretty simple. Uh, but one of my favorite place names, Shadyside. So Shadyside uh, was named after the Aiken family. Okay. Uh, again, Aiken, you know, uh, Avenue. David Aiken's wife, a Caroline Aiken, suggested Shadyside after a book that she just happened to be reading. The title fit. I mean, what, it just kind of gives you the, I think in my opinion, one of the best Pictures in your mind, you know, of what a town should look like. Shady side. Obviously, it should be shady there. So, sounds nice. Sheridan. John Sheridan. That's named after. The South Side. So, how the South Side do you think God's name? Other than the fact that it's on the South that Side. Was, that was my guess. Yeah, so John Ormsby, okay, who's buried at the um, uh, Trinity Church downtown. Uh, son-in-law, a guy named Dr. Nathaniel Bedford, who's also buried at the Trinity Cathedral downtown which Bedford, PA, is named after, along many other things. He uh, named the streets in Southside after members of his family. So you had, you know, Sarah Street and Carson Street, uh, which was named after a friend of his, a a Philadelphia sea captain. I was going to say, you must have liked Carson the most because that's the biggest one. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly, Carson. And then you had um, tons of them. So he, he named the area originally Birmingham after his hometown in England. So this Dr. Nathaniel Bedford from Birmingham, England, called the place Birmingham. And Birmingham then, uh, Bridge. You know, it's always funny. They, you know who else is from Birmingham, England? Black Sabbath. 
saw Ozzy Osbourne. And that accent that he has, you know, that yeah. when you hear him talk, that's just Birmingham accent, right? That's not, like, if you don't bleep him out, you can kind of understand him. <laughs> so it's not as bad as it seems, but it is like a heavy British accent. And uh, uh, I just imagine this Dr. Nathaniel Bedford, you know, down here like, oh, you know, wearing dark sunglasses and screaming for Sharon. Yeah. The Strip District. How the Strip District gets its name. It's a strip yeah. of land. You tell someone from out of town, like, what's this, you know, hey, I'm going to bring you to the Strip District. You know, they think you're talking like red light, you know, or yeah, red... something, something else other than what it is. Quick sidebar. When I first met Rick Seaback, when I was a young man, he was in the middle of making the Strip District show called The Strip Show. Yeah. I'm in it a few times. And in school, I would tell people, I'm in The Strip Show. <laughs> and that the teachers were kind of alarmed. I had to explain <laughs> Right, it. right. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, only in Pittsburgh. That's something you could only say in Pittsburgh, right? Yeah. So if you ever watch the strip show, look out for me. I mean, nice. like five or six times. That's awesome. That's I, 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 I will have to look for that again. Um, you know, that whole area was uh, literally named that because of the strip of land between Penn and Liberty Avenues. However, it wasn't always called the Strip District. And it did have a name, and that was Bayardstown. So a guy named John Bayard, um, again, bought the land, called it Bayardstown. However... Um, it stayed that way for a long time, Bayardstown. One of the cool stories about that area is that there's actually some uh, gangs, right, that used to hang around there. And I'm talking old-timey gangs, like 1850s gangs, okay? And they had they called themselves the Bayardtown Boys, right? And they would go fight against kids from the Allegheny City uh, across the river. And there was this one thing that appears in the paper where apparently the, the river was frozen over, the Mon River. And they crossed and had this like battle on the ice, <laughs> like the Bayardstown boys, uh, like a fight, like wow. an epic fight, like neighborhood battle. Yeah, so that was uh, it's interesting. You never know what you're gonna find, you know, when you're looking up the history of these names. Let's get to some of the streets. Bomb Boulevard. William Penn Bomb is who that is named after. He founded the East End Calvary Church and helped uh, build the city up in many, many different ways. So that's the main reason why they named it after him. Boulevard of the Allies, that was because of the Allies of World War One, right? And they named it soon afterwards, World War I, uh, called it the Boulevard of the Allies. That's all it's God's name. What was it called before that? Do we know? Second Second Street. Oh, yeah. okay. Al- Aliquippa, right? It's named after a uh, Delaware Indian, uh, Queen Alakawapa, Aiken Avenue, of course, after David Aiken. One of my favorite streets to tell a story about is Bates Street in Oakland. Bates Street was named after a guy named Tarlington Bates. And he, uh, along with another man uh, who were dueling editors of local Pittsburgh newspapers, decided to have a challenge each other to a public duel, the last known duel to happen in public that we know of. Whoever uh, wins gets to cover it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, and Tarlington Bates lost his life, and uh, they named Bates Street after him because that's where it happened. Uh, he's also buried in the Trinity Cathedral downtown. A lot of these early people are all buried there. Uh, a lot of them have no... No uh, marker either. Bigelow Boulevard. So originally it was called Grant Boulevard, by the way, after that same James Grant. But Bigelow was Edward Manning Bigelow, a park commissioner. And he's the one who kind of persuaded some of these larger landowners like Mary Shenley and, and all these different people to donate land. And he's the one who developed the first park system here in Pittsburgh and Allegheny County. Brackenridge Street, right? Hugh Henry Brackenridge, uh, real popular uh guy and uh, a lot of the stuff the, the early histories of different things are, are actually coming straight from his journals or his research uh hugh henry brackenridge but brackenridge who that's all named after butler street general richard butler 
who Butler County is named after, even though he never stepped foot there, but it's also named Butler County after him. But the Butler Street in Lawrenceville became named after him as well. Craig Street. Craig Street was uh, Major Isaac Craig, who was one of the, the most prominent kind of retired soldiers here in early Pittsburgh. And uh, his son, Neville Craig, is the man who uh, wrote the first history of Pittsburgh in 1851. He was born in the blockhouse. Oh, yeah. Neville Craig has come up before in the oddcast. That's right. Yeah, yeah, he's a popular guy. <laughs> so the uh, what else, what street do you have a uh, question about? Sawmill Run Boulevard. Okay, well that is a one that is literally named after a sawmill that once was there. But the interesting thing about Run, right, is that Run is kind of a Pittsburgh-based terminology, or at least the Western Pennsylvania, you won't find runs in Georgia or Florida or Ohio or maybe in Ohio, West Virginia, maybe because they're close to Pittsburgh, but you're not going to find runs anywhere else other than Pittsburgh, you know, Western Pennsylvania. So, and, uh, and, and it's a way to tell stories like sawmill run. So you know that there was a sawmill there. Um, Gertie's run, you know, it has to be named after a Gertie family or like not necessarily that someone ran down the road, <laughs> you know, as a kid, I always thought, Oh, this is where he was chased. You know, that's why it's called run. But uh, no, it's the same thing as you call brook or stream or creek, right? Um, they were all have different terminologies, but they all mean the same thing. And uh, run is the kind of story behind that. It's kind of neat. Of course, the uh, the rivers, you know, uh, we talked about that in our first episode. That's uh, the Ohio, right? The River of Blood. Monongahela, River of Many Falling Banks. And Allegheny, after the ancient race of giants that once inhabited this area. Listen to this, episode one. If yeah, you listen to, yeah, yeah, go back so, and listen to episode one. Right. Of that. Um, how about the Buell Planetarium? Do you know who the Buell man was? No, who was Buell? So Henry Buell, right, Jr., other than Allegheny City. And he started with uh, uh, his friend named Boggs, a very, very popular department store, like a Kaufman's or, you know, Macy's or whatever. And they started there. It was Boggs and Buell. He amassed a huge fortune from selling all these types of goods that he did believe that with great wealth comes great responsibility and to give back to the city. Giving the equivalent of $125 million in today's money to build the Buell Planetarium in 1927. And that's like, that's a lot of money to go towards a thing that was for the advancement of science and space and you know, astronomy, and uh, in 1927. So that really did change the game. And he, uh, it's, I'm glad it's named after him, that, that people still remember his name. But he, yeah, he, he gave a lot. They understood that, you know, when they were kids, they weren't given the same opportunities to learn. Uh, you know, you could go to a one-room schoolhouse back in those days and sit in the same room as from first grade to eighth grade or fifth grade or whatever. All the kids were in the same room. And you would just take turns basically learning. And then you did like busy work or reading, you know, when you weren't, if you could read. So he understood that creating places, all these famous people, Carnegie, even Frick, um, knew that the best thing to do is to really kind of give culture back and uh, and build up all these things. In fact, all these different places like the Benenham Center or you know, the Byam Theater, these were all named after, again, people who donated lots of money, you know, the Heinz Heinz Hall, right? You know, all these different things, all named because of those people who uh, who gave something. Phipps Conservatory, Henry Phipps, uh, same type of thing. He, he thought it would be a great idea to make a beautiful bot- botanical garden that people could come check out for over 100 years now. Still going. Well, while we're talking about that, what about Shenley? 
for Shenley Park. So Shenley goes back uh, to this man named William Shenley, and uh, although the the park itself was named after Mary Shenley, uh, Mary Shenley was a uh, real last name was uh, Crowen or Krogan, right? You could pronounce this G in it, and her uh, through her ancestry even goes back to George Crowen, who was a like one of the most interesting characters. We'll probably do a whole show just about George Krogan, right? Um, but anyways, she, because of him being here so early in Pittsburgh history, like he was here before the, the, the French even built Fort Duquesne. So like 1750s, he started making deals with Native Americans and he was like a trusted guy here. And he owned basically half of all of Western, you know, this whole area. <laughs> I mean, he owned from like the edge of Pittsburgh all the way to like, Oakmont, you know, that was all his land. Once he died and it got passed down, eventually it went to this one person, his his descendant, this Mary Shenley. And she had another line of her family who were also rich and also had a lot of land, and she kind of inherited both of this stuff. That included the entire point. So all of downtown, that's the park now, that was all Mary Shenley owned all of that. She also owned Shenley Park. You know, all those different things were all named after her. And uh, she... She left Pittsburgh after a long, and there's a great story behind it. It was like a romance, and she ran away with this man named Shenley, and who was 30 years older than her, and uh, while she was in boarding school, and it was like an outrageous thing you know, that happened. But it turns out it was like true love, even though he was 50 and she was like 16. <laughs> so she ended up inheriting all of his money and uh, had many kids by him, and uh, continued the wealth, which still is going on going on to this day. Same with the different hospitals, like McGee Women's Hospital. That's Christopher McGee, that same guy who was responsible for bringing hockey to Pittsburgh. Also brought that hospital to Pittsburgh, named after his mother, Elizabeth Steele McGee. It carries his name to this day. Obviously, there's so many stories and so many things we could talk about. So many streets, places, names. You know, what about all the college places? What about all the schools? What about all the hospitals, the bridges? Right? <laughs> you go on and on and on. I highly recommend, if you can find a book called The Names of Pittsburgh, Right by Bob Reagan, and it's a it's a great book. He also wrote the Steps of Pittsburgh. It came out maybe like 15 years ago, but it's a uh, a good comprehensive. You know, it doesn't get all the stories, but there's a lot there. Same with one that was written back in 1908 by the Daughters of the American Revolution. Looks talks, takes a little bit of a deeper look into the early early names like Fort Pitt and Fort Duquesne, all those types of names. But that information's out there, and and it's uh it's interesting just to find out how these things are named, why they're named, who named them. And what kind of story can they tell us about uh, the area that we live in? Well, what we should do is another episode. So if you, people want to message you, they want to know about their street or their town, they can message you on the Odd, Mysterious, and Fascinating History of Pittsburgh's Facebook page. Yeah, that's right. Or send an email to oddpittsburgh at gmail.com or uh, mrodd at oddpittsburgh.com. <laughs> but, yeah, get in touch with me. And uh, you want to find out about your area, your street, no matter how random it is. If it's in Allegheny County or the surrounding area, you let me know, and we'll find out, and yeah. we'll let you know the uh, the answer to all these uh, fascinating tales and things you can learn. And, I mean, again, we're skipping over so much because there's so m I could you could talk about John Forbes all day. <laughs> so it's like you have to. Each one of these things has a fascinating history. That St. Clair is a prime example. Like, do yourself a favor, Google Arthur St. Clair. You won't be disappointed because it's an interesting story, no matter who he was or where he was from. But it just so happened that major things in Pittsburgh were named after this guy, and people have kind of forgotten. Kind of what we explore every week. So we got so many different uh, tales like this one for the names, yeah, the etymol et etymology, right, <laughs> of uh, of Pittsburgh. Well, yeah, just send if you send John a a message and an email, he will uh, 
we'll save them for a future episode here. That's right. And without uh, further ado, till next time, that's it for Pit.